so much for joining me today to talk about menopause. I mean, what I love about your background and interest is that not only are you a menopause consultant, having worked in the corporate world on this topic, but also you're a nutritionist and an author of Delicious Healthy Menopause, because there are ways in which the things we put into our body can help us manage some of the symptoms. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I know you probably get asked this a lot, but what are three key things that most people are still unaware of when it comes to menopause? I mean, I know most people think hot flushes and your period stop. Yeah, and they're right. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of women will have hot flushes and at some point the periods will uh, stop. But I think there are three things that a lot of people don't, are not always aware of. The first one is, yes, a lot of women and probably most of women will have this horrible symptom, sometimes debilitating, but there is still about a quarter of the women population who will be able to manage the symptom quite quite well, as in there will be mild symptoms or completely manageable symptoms, which brings a lot of hope in the fact that, you know, it, it's not going to be hell for everyone. And w there is a lot that we can do about it. Good, good. That's the thing, isn't it? It's just, sorry, it's just, just there's a lot we can do about it. That's the point. If we are willing to accept it, we can do something. Sorry, I interrupted you, no, I, I was. That's where I was coming to. My second point is exactly there is so much you can do to prepare. It's, just a, it's not a question of just waiting for things to happen to you. You can be extremely proactive in the way you deal with things. We know now that there are a, a number of things that um, a number of factors actually that are likely to trigger some, some of the symptoms, for example, obesity, for example, smoking, for example, you know, not having a good sleep routine that are triggers to so many menopause symptoms. So if before getting to perimenopause, you manage, you manage to, you know, deal with them or, or improve them, that will be a massive that will have a massive effect on your symptoms, whether it's about the frequency, the intensity, or just the symptoms themselves. So I think that that's also very, something really important to find out. And, and the message is not strong enough on that. It might not be sufficient for all the women, for, but for a number of women, there is no doubt that that will definitely help. So the last one is basically perimenopause is the last, um, shall, I, shall I define perimenopause? Mm, please, because this is not understood actually, because many people, that's why I come to period stop, you get hot flushes, but actually that's almost the very end of it, whereas yeah. perimenopause is the, is the one most of us are going through. I went into the chat assuming, you know, that all uh, the people um, being with us today know that, but basically the menopause, or what you reach menopause once you've not had your periods for the last 12 months like the one day anniversary of your last period and um but the issue is not once you reach menopause itself and after it's actually the few years before that that's when all the symptoms are or most of the symptoms and that's when it's it's really hard because you don't usually expect it and it comes right there even though there were signs be before you may not be having um aware that this was going to happen and what how it was going to manifest in yourself so that's perimenopause and that's the period i'm actually talking about not not just menopause so about uh, about the symptoms there are a number of symptoms about what well, depends on the papers 30 40 
but basically the good news is you're most likely not to have all of them and not at the same time and most of them the vast majority will go away there are just a few that will not go away you are absolutely right and i think that is a big message to get across when we talk about the menopause often we are actually talking about the symptoms of perimenopause the bit before the period actually stops which i love your definition the anniversary of your last period that's actually a positive reframing because we it, it's not a happy time courtney cox did a great advert a, a take on her period advert many years ago where she talks about how menopause is absolutely awful and it it can be because those symptoms can feel so awful but as you said mm. if we know what they are we can begin to manage them. So how do we seek help? What can we do when we notice these things are happening to us? And when might we notice as well? What we can do is actually know what, are, um, what to do beforehand and this improvement to do. So one thing that is uh, really, really important is stress. Stress is a massive trigger for a lot of symptoms. So if before getting into perimenopause, you know how to manage your stress level in a satisfactory way, it's likely to really help in the long term. Really, really important. It's, it's one of the biggest triggers to a lot of symptoms. So knowing that it is well makes things easier. So you, you probably will notice when you feel under stress. So just being aware of that and having a way to deal with it will, will help. And, and on that point about stress, it's also important to recognize, don't dismiss it just as stress, because it could be symptoms of perimenopause, which are treated slightly differently. As well, yes. But usually it, it's actually, well, it, it's, it's different for everyone, but usually it manifests as anxiety more than stress. Interesting. But it depends on women. So it's really hard to say, but from the women I've worked with or spoken with, it's more anxiety or depression than just stress itself. But of course, stress is also one of the symptoms. And that's the issue because some of the triggers, like uh, stress, and I was going to speak about uh, sleep just, just after that, it's, it's both a trigger and also a symptom. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a symptom, people think, oh, yeah, I, I can't do anything about it. You know, it's, it's the age. And it's like, well, actually, you are right, but at the same time, if you have a very strong, strong sleep routine and sleep hygiene, well, you can pretty much reduce a lot of these issues around sleep. And, and, and so that, that's what they have to understand. It's about mindset because, yes, it's not just sleep, you know, that the issue. It's just everything that a lack of sleep triggers, like headaches, different cravings, um, and energy levels and mood swings and so on. So you have to be careful about all the implication of one thing to another. And it, it's just, yeah, it's complex, but it's, it's fascinating at the same time. It's like a hot mess, isn't it, really? <laughs> it is a mess, but, um, but I think there is, I, I, I find this satisfaction about finding a solution for your hot mess rather than just feeling the victim and it's like, oh, I can't do anything because... That, that's the age and I just come take HRT or, or go and get some some days off like um, okay. but it, it won't sort you know how, how you feel about things and and I think that's why it's really important to be aware that this is happening and it will go away but you don't know when so are you going to accept being the victim of your own physiology because yeah that's happening inside and you don't have much control about what's happening inside I mean there is a bit of control that you can have 
but not much in the end, you know, that's how the body work. And so, yeah, don't suffer. You've got something happening. Just look for a solution. There are so many options at the moment. And, and it's about the quality of your life. You know, what do you want the, the next 30 years or, or maybe 40 years of your life to look like? Because, yes, it's hard at the moment, but it, it, it will get better. On that point about the little things that we can do. So we don't have much control, but you specialize in the little elements that perhaps we can control. And a lot of that can be due to nutrition. It can be due to our behaviors that become preventative. Because, of course, menopause is all to do with hormones. And this is where people get confused, because I think sometimes when people say hormones, we're thinking estrogen, testosterone, which, yes, but things like insulin, that's a hormone as well. And that gets affected during menopause so your focus is on nutrition yes are there things that we can be eating that help or avoiding that help and and so on how can we help those symptoms ease okay so i was thinking of three things that you could do the first one is to keep meat and saturated fat in your diet I know it's not a really, um, it, it's not, not, not everyone agree with that, but the reason for that is because uh, meat and saturated fats in general have cholesterol. And cholesterol is a molecule by which, you know, every single steroid hormones, and uh, by that, you know, um, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, the stress hormones, a lot of hormones starts with this starting point. So, of course, you will produce less of these hormones, but if you don't have the starting point, the molecule that is the starting point of this hormone, well, you will not be able to, to produce anything. And, and that's why I think it, it's, it's probably not the, the, best, um, the best idea to go vegan or vegetarian at that point. I understand why moving into this type of diet may help because you probably cutting off all the junk food and all the sugar, and then anyone doing that would feel better. But keep, yeah, keep some animal products in your diet because that will make a lot of difference in your symptoms. And actually, um, some women went all the way, you know, found that their, their mental health is getting better, that their hair is, is reversing the color, not as gray, but get some color back. And there are some... some that might be just anecdotal, but I've, I've met a lot of women in that situation. So, so yeah, it's, it's an idea. Um, then the second thing to do that I would recommend is to remove the triggers. We know there are a lot of triggers, like coffee, like tea, alcohol, spicy food. And yes, women need it right now, you know, to give you a, a bit of a energy boost in the morning for work or you know to relax down in the evening and and i completely understand that but it's just the impact it's going to have like for example on sleep or or on your physiology a bit later that might just be not worth the 10 minutes of enjoyment that you will have or the one hour i i, I don't know and and so yes yeah, so it's, it's about balance it's about you know is it worth it is it not worth it it's, a, it's about mindset as well you know what is more important for you to live the best life or you to, to enjoy the moment that's a good point just to just to pull up on that one because sometimes we just have to make those choices we need to decide which one is most important to us and it's okay whatever is decided but it's always got to be that choice because that gives us power Going back to the third tip I would give, um, there is a family of uh, food called lectins. I don't know if you've heard of it. And heard of it, but not really in the context of menopause, yeah. actually. So, so these 
family, um, uh, okay, food high in lectins, basically. It's beans, lentils, pulses, wheat, nightshades, nuts and seeds. So um, pretty much what women on a vegetarian diet or vegan diet we eat a lot mm -hmm. Have been shown to um, to trigger some bloating and gut issues. Oh. Again, you know, bloating, gut issues—that's part of the, the the menopause symptoms. But also, you know, for healthy or, or, or non or people not in perimenopause, you know, they they are triggering these kind of symptoms. So this is yeah, this is something they need to be aware of. And, and also be, to be aware that just removing uh, or reducing the amount of, of this type of food might help. Mm. There is another reason why you are um, you're having gut issues in midlife is because estrogen, we know estrogen need, is needed for everywhere, but the, the estrogen in the gut is removing some of the... Um, uh, protective, uh, protective layers, or I, I'm not quite sure how to... To, to make it simple, to the protection, which means that um, the tight junctions are not that tight anymore and it leaves some food into the bloodstream and that, that can trigger some, um, some inflammation, some histamine intolerance and so on. So this is why looking after the gut might be a good idea. And, and if you feel that you've got bloating or gut issues, just perhaps reduce a bit of this food group and... I would say between one and three weeks and you should see uh, an improvement. And if you see there is an improvement that perhaps keep it not as, um, yeah, not as important as part of your diet and mm. other ways around, you know, if you soak and, and, and sprout and so on. So that can help. But um, if you just open the can, then, then maybe it's not enough. <laughs> yes. No, that's it. Um, so what about people who have a vegan lifestyle already. So it's not a change, it's just something that they've always had. Are there supplements, are there other things that, that can be done that can at least go some way to easing? Okay, so you do, do a lot of test, um, supplementation and retesting to make sure that whatever supplement they're having is actually being absorbed and being used. And so that it's not just iron and B12 and Indeed, there are so many supplements that you need to take. You know that some nutritionists are actually vegan or vegetarian, so I think that would be best to go with them because they will know exactly the type of products that is needing and the, for the best results. And, and yeah, actually, that makes that makes a lot of sense. It is asking somebody who has personal experience, has lived experience in that particular area. Because also something very important that you've said in a previous conversation with me, which reminded me when you talked about not, it's not just iron, it's not just vitamin D, it's not just those things. A lot of these supplements and vitamins have to work in conjunction with something else. So if you're just putting vitamin D in your diet and you're not using the thing that actually connects with it, then there's kind of no point. And I think that's something people don't realize either. It's not just putting the vitamins and supplements in. It's yeah. about having your, almost your body constitution able to accept that. Yes, I, I think I remember this conversation. It was about vitamin D and bone health. Yeah. Everyone think, you know, that you, when you eat calcium, that will help your bone. But actually, no, you need calcium and you need vitamin D and you need vitamin K and you need boron and phosphorus. And, and it's not just calcium. Having cancer by itself is not going to help. It's just like vitamin D is, is, is I mean, everyone knows, especially here in, in the UK, that we need vitamin D in winter. Mm. But 
I have just vitamin D. Well, it can calcify your, your muscles or some, some um, uh, tissues that you don't want to be calcified. You want the vitamin E to go into your bones. And for that, you need the vitamin K2 to help. And mm. yeah, and it's, it's simplifying nutrition that just it, it is not useful for anyone. And we need to be really careful of because, mm. yeah, this is uh, yeah. social media or the media. The people sharing messages are not always the, the right people. That's yeah. right. If you are a vegan or vegetarian and you need some support, go for the people who are just like you and look healthy and, and can help you because they will be the best in the best position to help. You are, you've been in the corporate world as a trainer. You have been, been there, done that, seen what goes on and seen actually how women of a certain age and the struggles that they've gone through in that workplace. So, how can businesses become a bit more empathetic to menopause? This is a tricky one because at the moment, menopause is so up and coming and everyone wants to do something about menopause. So mm. there are a lot of awareness days, awareness webinars and so on, which is great. I mean, let's be honest, that's a starting point. But I realize most of the time it's just a tick box. You know, we've done that, so now we're good. And this is not sufficient. And when you try to tell them that, you know, this is a starting point, but then what do women do, you know, once they have, you know, issues and they need support and they say, oh, we've got private uh, insurance, we've got that and that. And then you, 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 you're asking, you know, but actually, is it working? You know, do they have all the support they need? And most of the time, they have no clue. Mm. Which is mm. like, what, what is the danger at the moment? Or just like uh, this week, um, gosh, I can't remember which bank. Uh, I think it's Bank of Ireland uh, mm -hmm. who announced that they are allocating 10 days for menopause uh, issues or menopause. I mean, that you can take 10 day, up to 10 days per year because of menopause symptoms. And it's like, oh, great. But do you really think that it only, I mean, the menopause, the, the symptoms are really bad for only 10 days, honestly? And mm -hmm. I great starting point, but I. I have a Facebook group and, you know, I, I added a, a poll, you know, what would you rather have like 10 days off because 10 days that you can take off because you're menopause or no symptoms and hundred percent is like, yeah, I'd rather have no symptoms, Wh which means that actually the, this corporate, they need a lot more than what they think is, is right because menopause is a lot more than that. So the changes I think works in, in the company who have actually a really um, good menopause policy and understanding is like to have an active support group. And yeah. often this is a, a support group for women who can just discuss freely and they have people coming and discussing and, and they have ideas and, and there is no stigma. It's just about sharing sharing what's going on, sharing solution and, and sharing the, the load of what's happening. So this is uh, often a really good starting point. Also, all these changes need to come from the top. Yeah. HR, you know, if the top says, okay, this is a priority, let's do what needs to be done, then usually it helps because it's, it becomes part of the culture. And, and so this is obviously helping. And, and to have men involved as well. Because yes, of course. we know it's a woman thing, but hey, let's be honest, you know, men 
cannot ignore what's go going on. And whether it's at work with your colleagues or at home with your husband or your family, your friends, you know, if they are aware of what's happening and they know how to best support their um, women in their lives, then it's going to benefit for everyone. Mm. So, yeah, each corporate is really different in, in, let's say, just a ratio, men, women, or the age of women, or what they want to achieve. But if they, they are serious about um, supporting the women going through the menopause, they need to be a, a lot more active than just offering a, a menopause awareness and, and, and private, um, private support. The message, and I agree with you, it's a great start to have 10 days off to deal with certain things. I mean, certainly if you have extremely heavy periods or whatever it might be, something like that, maybe you would absolutely welcome that. But again, that is still putting the onus onto you to manage it all by yourself. Here are your 10 days, off you go, go and sort yourself out. And it, that doesn't sit well with me. It's got to be, you're your right, focus groups, maybe even options in the cafe or, or any dining that are available um, and instead of just access to health insurance perhaps you've got actual training or something someone coming in to explain things a little bit better to, to people and yeah you're absolutely right with that how how can we contact you if, if a business wanted you to come in and speak in this particular way about how to manage some of those symptoms um, if they want to contact me, well, you can contact me on Instagram <laughs> at severinmenem, just send me a message, or you can send me an e email at hello at severinmenem.com, or if you are, are a woman and wants to support, you know, I've got a, a private Facebook group only for women who wants to be proactive and are looking for solutions. Um, I'm happy, um, yeah, if someone needs to share, that's fine. But if they just want to share and not do anything, this is not the place to be. And Facebook group is called Phenomenal Midlife. I mean, you go facebook.com forward slash Phenomenal Midlife and yeah. you will find me. And can I add something else? Just like, yeah. um, I've written an ebook about what I think GP should tell you about the menopause, which they don't. Oh my goodness. Yes, this is amazing because so many people I've spoken to, experts as well, have said, actually, there's not enough being done when a woman finally plucks up the courage to talk about what's quite a taboo subject and, with their GP. So and, yes, please, brilliant. I, I know I'm not a GP, but I, I, I had to learn about the physiology and a number of things. And I think they should be educating women about menopause and i know some of them don't even are not even aware that menopause can happen before the age of 50 so this is a different side so basically if you want this ebook it's free you, uh, you can go on my uh, bio on here on instagram and you will find it it's, it's called free book and i think it's useful and actually yeah i can add something that i didn't have time to add just earlier on your first question yeah. it's very important and it's part actually of the e this ebook uh, when we are at this transition about perimenopause, this is pretty much the last opportunity we have to deal with conditions that we've not really sorted before. Because the immune system is going to go through its changes, I mean, is going through changes, and is going to make everything worse. So if you know you have a condition and you've, you've left it to the side, this is probably not the best idea because it will going to get a lot worse. So just deal with it as soon as you can and be proactive if, if you're not quite in, in the right age, then, then that will help so much more because you will have all the menopause symptoms otherwise, plus this condition to, um, to deal with.
And I think that's one of the things that the GP should tell you. And, and instead of just gaslighting you into, no, don't worry, come back in six months. It's just like, no, 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 no. That's shocking. Yeah. That's scary. I, I, I don't want that to be scary, but I want to be honest about things. For example, you know, thyroid, the thyroid function of a woman as she ages declines, which means that she's more likely to become hypothyroidism or even Hashimoto's, you know, if autoimmunity gets involved. And... And GPs, they will test like one thing and they will say, oh, yeah, that's borderline. Let's not worry about it. And say, let's wait for six months. But the thyroid um, health can decline quite a lot within the six months. And, and a woman could have some supports into taking some um, thyroid hormones in the meantime before waiting, wasting six months of being well and unhealthy, uh, not, not unhealthy, unwell and suffering. Mm. Because the GP couldn't just like prescribe something or just mm. see the person in the next, I don't know, two months or three months and see, you know, how to stabilize. And, and yeah, that, well, I know that's uh, the NHS and, and we know why, you know, they do that. But uh, I also think we need to be proactive and just stay on top of things and, and let's not um, let that happen to us and, and mm. proactive. And, and that's why I think having a holistic healthcare practitioner or private doctor might really make a difference um, when you start having symptoms or, or when you're getting older and checking, doing checks, you know, uh, cholesterol checks, thyroid checks and, and so on. Even if you don't have anything, it might really be a good idea because you might detect things before actually the symptoms arrive or the issue arrive. And then you can know what it is and you can do something about it rather than just waiting and waiting to see if it improves. And then you're probably one year down the line and you don't know what it is and it's getting worse. And then when you finally find out, it was probably something easy to, to sort in the first place, but you were not aware of that. So that's why I'm saying, you know, this is the best time to just do things for your health. Because once you know, at least, you know, you can... Be, be, be okay for, for a few years if, you, if everything is fine, if nothing uh, is, is worsening. It is about being proactive. It is about seeking solutions where we can. And it is about saying something isn't right and I need to deal with it and I can deal with it. So I think it does start with a lot of self-knowledge and self-acceptance as well. And that's, again, about celebrating our bodies and celebrating who we are as people and wanting them to be as healthy as we can for the rest of our lives. And that's all we have time for. But if you'd like to find out more, do go to my website, which is www.draudreyt.com and check out my articles, which give you practical tools to live your best life. Or you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Audrey Tang, Tools to Thrive.